Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Well, somebody give the Lord a great big hand praise. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Today uh, is Pentecost Sunday. And I've decided to title this sermon, uh, Pentecost, The Forgotten Factor, simply because the fact that a lot of you didn't know it was Pentecost Sunday is the proof that it is the forgotten factor. So actually, I want you to remain in your seat. I got uh, several different passages I'm going to come from this morning. Uh, Nisha, I didn't even write them down. You may have to lead me with the screen. Uh, But what I need you to understand is... uh, there were three feasts. There were three feasts in Jerusalem through the year. Three times of year, three times a year, every male had to leave wherever he was and go to Jerusalem. That's how important these feasts were. So uh, one of the feasts uh, we celebrated uh, 50 days ago today called the Passover. At the Passover, there were over 18, nearly 20 cultures it's important you understand this. There was 20, over 20 cultures in Jerusalem because of this feast of, of uh, the Passover. They didn't speak the same language. They came from different areas of the country. They had totally different cultures, but they were there on Passover simply because it was mandatory. It was the law of God. They had to go to Jerusalem. They did it three times a year. The second time they did it was at the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost, Pent, 50, okay? 50, 50 days after Pentecost, uh, or 50 days after Passover was the Pentecost, which was another great big celebration. Jerusalem would have been full of every culture, singing, dancing, praising God. Before I get in my scriptures, I think it's important that you know that the law, or, uh, the law was given in the Old Testament 50 days after they were delivered out of Egypt. You follow me? The law was given 50 days after they came out of Egypt. So in essence, the nation, the nation of Israel, the Jewish nation was born 50 days. So you could say the Old Testament church, its birthday was 50 days after they were delivered because you're not a nation, family, until there's order established. Okay? Well, isn't it amazing? that on, And so there was a great celebration in the Old Testament for the birth of the church. 50 days every year after Passover. Well, something changed on the day of Pentecost. In the book of Acts, chapter number 2. Because the Old Testament church was born 50 days after Passover or after the law was given. Are you you following me? And in the New Testament, on the 50th day after the Passover, the Holy Spirit was given. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you in the Old Testament, the church was born on the 50th day in the Old Testament form. In the New Testament, the New Testament was, church was born on the 50th day. That's where we're at. 
And that's what I'm about to go into. Are you ready? Are you ready? Pentecost, the forgotten factor. We're going to start in the book of Luke, chapter number 24, verse 44. I need you to understand, it's very important, I'm taking a little more time today because uh, this is the subject I'm about to preach. The church is really uh, ignorant to the fact on a certain point, to a certain degree. But let me say this before I begin to preach, and you're going to want to follow me closely today as I deal with this subject. That the church was never supposed to be established on word only. It was always supposed to be verified by demonstration. You got to catch this. Study your Bible. The New Testament, the Old Testament church was not established on a man's word only. It was never God's plan. Because Moses said, Lord, how are they going to believe? God said, I'm going to give you some signs. That when they see the demonstration, they're going to believe what you're saying. May I submit to you that the New Testament church has forfeited demonstration for a whole bunch of teaching. Why should the world believe us just because what we're saying? God never intended it to be that way. He said they should be a demonstration of something so supernatural that you don't have the ability to perform it. So that what you're speaking would be confirmed. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. Are y'all following me? May I submit to you that we have forfeited a demonstration of the Spirit for a whole bunch of teaching that means nothing. We got the head knowledge. We got a whole lot of head knowledge absent the working of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Okay? So, so remember this. This, this thing was always supposed to come with a sign. In the New Testament, Jesus blew uh, uh, on to his apostles and said, Receive you the Holy Spirit. Then he said, Go, cleanse the leper, heal the sick, raise the dead, and while you're at it, preach the kingdom. So there's supposed to be a dual administration of what we say and what we do in the supernatural. And as a result, the church grew like crazy. Why? Because the unbeliever didn't have a problem believing when they seen the supernatural of God. Is anybody listening to me? Philip said, I went. Paul said, I made the Gentiles believe with word and demonstration. They may not have wanted to believe what Paul was saying, but when he began to perform the supernatural deeds of God, they threw their hands up and said, my God. I'm telling you, we're missing something in the 21st century church and His name is Holy Spirit. His name is Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Luke, chapter number 2444. Oh, what I was going to tell you before I got sidetracked. I need you to know where we're at. Jesus has died. He was buried. He was raised on the third day. Uh, Mary, Joanna, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and the Bible says some other women had come to the tomb uh, to embalm his body, only to find out Jesus was not there. Jesus said, go tell all them bunch of knuckleheads that didn't believe it, I'm up. 
I'm resurrected. I'm not dead. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? You're looking in the wrong place for something that's alive. Oh, God, stop right there. Stop right there. I'm going to preach that. Amen. But anyway, he said, go tell him. And so he took off to Emmaus. And while he's on the way to Emmaus, uh, a couple of disciples was walking on the road, and Jesus joined them. And they were just, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. can you believe what happened? That man who said he was Christ, amen, he was going to be our deliverer. They killed him. He's dead. Now he's buried. But someone said, you're talking about Facebook on Emmaus Road? This was it. Amen. This was Facebook. I'm talking about uh, 101. My God, some say he's been raised from the dead. And Jesus is saying, uh, what's this y'all talking about? You haven't heard? <laughs> Evidently, you don't have Facebook. You haven't heard this man named Jesus? He, they, he, we thought he was our hope. He died, but now they're saying he's raised. You know? And he began to, to teach the scripture. And so they walking on their way to Emmaus. And right when they got there, they were about to go in. And the Bible said Jesus played like he was going to go a little further. And they said, why don't you just stay the night? So he went in and sat down to supper. And he took the bread and broke it. And the Bible says their eyes was open. Oh, my God. You're Jesus. You're Jesus. They got up from supper and went back to Jerusalem and said, oh my God, it's true. We just had supper with Jesus. He is resurrected. Amen. So Jesus spent 40 days with the disciples proving himself to be alive and he's about to leave and he gives them these instructions. Would you agree with me that the last words Jesus spoke on this planet could probably be the most important words he ever spoke? That last minute instruction is probably some of the most important. That's where we are. Luke 24, 44. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you. He's got about 500 people standing in front of him and he's finna leave and this is what he says. While I was with all things must be fulfilled that are written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened their understanding that they may understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, thus it is written. And thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you all are witnesses of these things. 49, he said, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye, somebody read this with me out loud. Come on, everybody. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them, carried them up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. All right, turn with me now to the book of Acts. Is that where I'm going, Nisha? Would you take me there? Acts chapter number one. Beginning in verse number one. 
The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus. Luke is the same man that we just came out of his book. Luke was a doctor, so he was one of the smartest of the twelve. He did everything in detail. Doctors are very detail-oriented. That's why he speaks like this when he begins to speak to this great leader. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his crucifixion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but they should wait for the promise of the Father. Are you following me? Go to Jerusalem and wait on the promise. What is the promise? The promise is God said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But... I want y'all to read in concert verse number eight with me out loud. Come on. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by him in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven." Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount which is called Olivet, which is Jerusalem, which is from Jerusalem about a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where they abode both, where there abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealots, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. Look over in the book of Acts, chapter number 2. Verse number 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now you know what Pentecost was. They're there. There's them 18, 19, 20 cultures. They didn't even speak the same language. They're all in Jerusalem. Uh, Remember, Pentecost means 50. It's been seven full weeks after the Passover. 49 days and then Sunday is the 50th day. And there's where they are. In the upper room on a Sunday. That's why we have our New Testament Sabbath is our Sunday. That's why it's called the Lord's Day. He was resurrected on Sunday. The the Holy Spirit was poured out on a Sunday. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a what? 
a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Save the rest of those scriptures. Nisha, I'm not ready for them. Jesus spent three and a half years laying the foundation for his church. Last week we heard a message on the family. Amen. That was just phenomenal. And we've been dealing with the family unit for several weeks. So when the Bible talks about God establishing a church, amen, he's actually talking about establishing a family. The church family. The church is an ecclesia. It's the gathering together of the family of God. So Jesus spent three and a half years, came out of obscurity to some degree, spent three and a half years uh, establishing and laying the foundation of his church or his family. And what I want you to see is he spent three and a half years, amen, with a doctrine so radical by human standards that it was beyond human comprehension for any man to be able to lay hold on what Jesus was teaching. Amen. But he walked it and he talked it. And the only reason he was having any success in spite of all the opposition was he told 12 men, come follow me. I just want you to watch what I'm doing. Amen. And the whole time Jesus is teaching a doctrine that is totally impossible for any human alive to be able to live. He's teaching stuff that is so radical that the, the Old Testament church which was still alive and well. And the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious bunch are saying, this man is outside his mind. Jesus never checked up. He's laying a foundation. He starts teaching stuff like, amen. He, 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 and what made the, the, the church mad was the highest level of uh, godliness was the scribes and the Pharisees. And Jesus started preaching, unless your godliness and your righteousness exceeds theirs, you can't even get into this family. Amen. So here stands the scribes and Pharisees and they're being rebuked because their level of holiness won't even give them into this kingdom. And then you got the lost man saying, my God, if they ain't going to make it, we'll never make it. I mean, we look up to these guys and they're teaching us law and we're following their example. They're our pastors and preachers and, and priests. And here comes this Jew, amen, with long hair and a beard like Nathan, amen. And he's teaching that if your holiness don't exceed these people, you ain't even gonna make it to heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but this don't seem like a good way to grow a church. Amen. This just don't seem like a good way to grow the church. But people are following him by the multitudes because he ain't only speaking, he's doing. 
He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. They're bringing people and laying them in the street. Amen. Everywhere he goes, if he goes in the house and they can't get in the house, they're ripping the roof off and letting the cripples down to him. Amen. And they're saying, we're having a hard time wrapping our mind around what he's saying, but what he's doing is phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. Because Jesus came preaching, amen, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. If this world's going to be changed, it's going to be through you. Amen. And then he starts attacking the very thing that the Old Testament is built upon. Amen. He starts saying, amen. He said, you have heard that you shall not murder. He said, but I tell you, if you're angry with your brother, you're a murderer already. You have heard you can't take a gun and kill him. But I say, if you called your brother a fool, you're going to hell. Are y'all with me? This is what Jesus is preaching. Amen. He, he's preaching to these guys. Amen. Then he said, he said, matter of fact, uh, 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 not only are you a murderer, he said, but if you come to the altar to pray and you remember you got all in your heart against your brother, he said, go ahead and leave your guilt at the altar because I ain't listening. And go get it right with your brother and then come back and you got my ear. Somebody shout radical. I mean, listen to this dude, amen. Uh, you, uh, uh, these guys thought they was doing good just because they didn't kill the joker. And Jesus is telling them, you got to love them. He said, you have heard. You have heard. Love those who love you. He said, but I say, love your enemy. And those that despitefully use you, I command you to pray for them. So he's taking an outward doctrine and he's bringing it to an inner work that don't just deal with my actions, it deals with my motives. Amen. He's, he's brought a new doctrine that goes in and starts changing a man's heart instead of him just uh, uh, learning how to control his actions. Are y'all following me? May I submit to you, we are, so, we are so lacking in the work of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament 21st century church that we're not much more than a glorified AA meeting. To where now we're training you to do right, to be right, and to act right. Amen. But we're not preaching anything that'll go in you and change your motive. And change your heart to where I want to be right and I want to do right. And we're bringing Old Testament preaching into a New Testament church. And we're burning people down with the work of the flesh instead of allowing it to be the work of the Holy Spirit. My God, it's not good news to me to know that I can go join a church and then they'll put me in a discipleship program to help me not to be ugly and act stupid. The good news is there is a church you can be born into. Oh my, 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 my. That so changes you that you're not fighting that addiction anymore. You're not fighting that sin anymore. And you're not carrying a heavy burden around saying, yes, I'm saying the right thing, but I don't want to. I'm doing the right thing, but I don't really want to. It's a burden that God never intended for you to carry. 
Is anybody listening to me? Amen. I, I bet you the success rate of AA is better than the church because it's the same principle. I'm not knocking AA. They're helping a lot of people. Matter of fact, they might be doing better than the church is doing. So Jesus is now changing it from an external, burdensome gospel to a gospel that deals with the inner hearts of man. Are you following me? Amen. He said, you have heard, you have heard, thou shalt not commit adultery. He said, but you know what I say? I say if you look at a woman and lust after her, you've already committed adultery. My God, these guys are saying, my God, we can't win for losing. <laughs> Amen. I thought I was doing so good. I had blinders and everything. <laughs> Uh, who am I preaching to, guys? <laughs> I got these blinders on. Don't look. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. I heard one preacher say, you didn't lust unless you looked a second time. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody help me. <laughs> you know, when you're walking down the mall. Man, I am preaching a hundred miles an hour. Amen. It's so embarrassing. Amen. When you... Huh? Hey, listen to me. That's Old Testament living is what I'm preaching to you right now. Amen. You wouldn't do it because you love God. You wouldn't do it because you love your wife. But there's something still in there that's got me with a twitch. Huh? Amen. Jesus said, I'm about to establish a church. Amen. Where they could drop you in a... Can I say that word? They can drop you in a whorehouse. Amen. I'm going to do something so powerful in you that you can go down in a red light district instead of lusting after, you'll grab her hands and lead her to Jesus Christ. Oh, anybody, you hear me? That's good news to me that I can be set free from the inside out. Some of you ought to be lapping this building by now. Huh? Amen. Some of us, I'm about, God has, I'm going to just admit to you, amen. We've been seven weeks in Saturday night services here of prayer and seeking the face of God. And he has changed my doctrine in seven weeks. Seven weeks my doctrine has changed in ways I never thought it could change. You'll no longer hear me preach a gospel that requires you to sweat to get set free. Why? Because the blood of Jesus will set you free. It'll wash you of your sins. It'll deliver you of your fill in the blank. By faith are you saved. By grace, not of yourself, lest any man shall boast. God said, I, Paul said, are you serious? That which has begun in the spirit, you're going to perfect it in the flesh? He said, you can't do it. You can't do it. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So here Jesus is, he's preaching the doctrine, amen. Then he calls his disciples together and said, okay, here's some stuff I want y'all to do. I want y'all to go heal the sick. I want you to go raise the dead. I want you to cleanse the leper. Can you see his church saying, what? 
You're asking us to do the impossible. And if that wasn't enough for you, here's one for you, 21st century church. Jesus didn't back up. Amen. At the end of his sermon, you know what his closing point was? Oh, yeah. Be ye perfect. Even as I am perfect. I'm just preaching the Bible. I know what you've been taught, that nobody's perfect. Oh, yeah? Let's stick to the word this morning. Okay? No questions asked. Be ye perfect, even as I am perfect. So he has put his new believers in a position to stand there and say, to come to the realization, it is totally impossible. I can't control my own thoughts, even though I can control my emotions and my actions. I'm not a physical adulterer. Oh, but I'm tormented mentally. Mm. May I submit to you that's a greater level of bondage than when you was creating the act. At least you got to... I got to behave myself... And we want to call that good news? Wow. Somebody said, wow. We want to call that good news? We want to take people into the church and say, look, we're going to teach you how to act like us. We're going to teach you when to say amen. We're going to teach you when to get loud. Be quiet. You got to know all this stuff because this is church protocol. Amen. And okay, here's some things you can't do no more. Don't do this, whatever you do. This you can do a little bit. I don't know who gets to determine what the little bit is. You can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but don't do this and don't do that. And if you get all these right, you're in. You're a member. Jesus come preaching. But go on somewhere. Stay with me. He came preaching. Guys, I'm about to leave. And when I leave, I'm going to send something back. So this is what I need you to do. I know I've led you to this point, and, and you don't want me to leave, but I'm standing here and I'm telling you, everything I've taught you for three and a half years, you cannot live it. You cannot obey it. You cannot create this kind of transformation in your life. So let me tell you what I need you to do. I need you to go to Jerusalem and wait. Go to Jerusalem and wait. We're talking about a bunch of born again believers. Are you following me? Been baptized in the name of Jesus. Born again believers. Amen. He said, I need you to go to Jerusalem because and wait there because I'm going to pour. There's going to be a, the, the promise of the Father's coming. I'm going to pour my power out upon you. Now this is starting to make sense. Not only did Jesus require them to live out of a level that was so powerful that their own life would be a sign that Jesus is alive. Are you following me? Oh my God, did y'all catch that right there? High five your neighbor right now and tell them you're the sign. You're the sign. 
You're supposed to be the sign. You're supposed to be the evidence. Amen. That he's not in the grave anymore. The Bible says, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ by mighty signs and wonders. In other words, the the community didn't have to wonder if Jesus was still dead. They looked at the church and said, he's God Almighty. He's got to be alive. Look at what they're doing. They're doing the same thing Jesus did. He said, this is what I need you to do. Go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued. Go tarry in Jerusalem until you be clothed. Go tarry in Jerusalem until I put some power upon you. Amen. That when you come out of that upper room, everything I ever taught is going to come out of your heart. Everything I ever preached is going to start coming out of your heart. Everything I ever said is going to become your nature. He said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. Oh, God. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. He said, I'm just hanging out with you. But on the day of Pentecost, I'm going to take my spirit and I'm going to put it in you. So isn't it amazing it came with a sound? Oh my God, do you see the parallel? Amen. That when God created his first family, his name was Adam. And he knelt down on one knee. Out. Y'all pray for me. Pull something there. He he knelt down on one knee and blew the breath of life into Adam and he stood up a living soul. Well, on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and God blew his breath into the New Testament church and the church stood up in in the likeness, in the image of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. You had two disciples that was always arguing before this day of Pentecost. They was always arguing who's going to be the greatest. They even sent mama down there to talk to Jesus. Mama, go down there and talk to Jesus and ask him if me or James is going to get to sit at his right hand, would you? Amen. You're talking about carnal-minded. Amen. They're hanging out with Jesus every day, but they hadn't had this infilling of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? Go down there, go down there and ask him who's going to be the greatest. Amen. Uh, and then you got Peter. You didn't ever know, no, you never knew what Peter's going to do. You push Peter too far, he cuss you out. Huh? All the way back to Jesus' campfire. Lord, forgive me. I knew I shouldn't have done that. But I just. <laughs> oh, God, I want to tell y'all some stuff on Tammy. I'm fighting it, Tammy. Pray for me. Pray for me. Peter, he'd cuss you out in a minute. Amen. Are you listening to me? And when the trial, when the fire got hot, Peter would bail out. He'd bail out. Amen. Not only did Peter bail out, but the closer Jesus Christ got to the cross, the littler his church got. Maybe that's why we got mega churches. I ain't, I ain't against mega churches. Don't get me wrong. I want one. Amen. More people, more souls. Amen. Amen. But, but listen to me. Peter, you just didn't know. He, he couldn't control his will. He loved the Lord. He's the one who told Lord, ain't nobody coming to get you. <laughs> Jesus said, they're coming to get me. Peter pulled his own. Uh-uh. Ain't nobody coming to get you. They're going to have to come through me. And he meant what he said. Because when the soldiers come to get Jesus, he just cut one of them's ear off. May I submit to you, he wasn't after his ear. He just missed. 
Uh, Peter meant business. He was passionate about God. Amen. I got some of them around me right now. They will cut your ear off if you fool with me. You hear me? I'm working on them. Y'all pray for them. They get filled. Uh, I guarantee you they some stuff packing right uh, Anyway. He tried. He tried. He loved the Lord. He forsook everything. Amen. He, 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 he left his family business to follow Jesus, but there was something that he just could not get it right. Who am I talking to in this building? I want to get it right, but I'm having a hard time getting it right. And just when I get it right, something else happens. Yeah, the other day, Tammy... I'm sorry, I just can't. <laughs> don't never tell me nothing you don't want me to bust you out of. Amen. She said she spoke a little bit of rude to somebody. Amen. And God slapped her on the back of the head. Anybody ever got the little, thank you. See, Tammy, you're not alone. The rest of them's lying. Amen. He tapped him on. She said, soon as I was a little rude where I shouldn't have been rude, the Holy Spirit slapped me on the back of the head. She said, what I need God to start doing is slapping me on the front of the head before it comes out. I got good news for you today. Amen. There was 120 in the upper room. There was 120 in the upper room. They didn't know what they was waiting on except that Jesus said, don't leave until you get the power. And all of a sudden, 10 days later, they sat there for 10 days praying and rejoicing, amen, because Jesus said, you don't start a church. You don't start a ministry. You don't, is anybody following me right now? Amen. You don't do anything till you get the power. Amen. Because my church cannot be built on your talents and your abilities. It cannot be built on the flesh. Amen. Is anybody in this place? Huh? He said, don't leave until you are endued with power. And the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, all of a sudden they were sitting there praying and there was a sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it was shaking that place and it filled that place. <coughs> and the Bible says, cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each and every one of them and they began to speak in languages they did not know. Amen. They begin to speak. Amen. I have to believe. Everybody's got their theory and theology, but I have to believe the reason that tongues was so important on that day was for two reasons. Amen. Number one, a spirit-filled church is a unified church. A spirit-filled church speaks all languages. Amen. A spirit, the Holy Spirit didn't come to divide this church from that church. Amen. They came out speaking to cultures they had never spoken to before. An anointed church can reach into any culture and every culture reaching out to people with different languages and different mindsets. Amen. But another reason I believe that it was manifested with the speaking in tongues because the Bible says the tongue is unruly and full of deadly poison and no man can tame it. James said if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. So when the Holy Ghost was given, the first place it manifested was in the language to let them know I can control your talk and I can control your walk. I'm going to give you power to bring everything under subjection to me. 
Are y'all still with me? And then all of a sudden, a little coward called Peter, who when the going got rough, he said, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Amen. You can hate on Peter all you want to, but there's so many of them sitting in this building right here, right now, that when trouble gets hard, we start pulling away from the Christ. You might as well say amen and preach it. Amen. We start pulling away from Christ. We start denying the Christ, just like Peter did. But something happened that day because God ripped heaven open and poured heaven into the upper room. And when he did, of all the people, here come Peter out of that room. And he began to preach the gospel. And he began to preach it with such boldness. Amen. What was it? 3,000 or 5,000 souls was added to the church. And he began to tell them, you, the man you crucified, he is resurrected from the dead. Amen. And they was such an influence in that upper room that the people thought they were all drunk. Because Peter said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. Amen. But this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. And God has poured his spirit out. And all of a sudden a church, amen, came out of the upper room. A brand new family of God walking in the nature and in the likeness of Jesus Christ himself. Are you catching this right here, right now? Amen. In other words, huh? Peter didn't have to deal with that issue anymore. Peter didn't have to have that mindset anymore because he had just been empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit to be bold, to stand up, and to do the things that Jesus did. May I submit to you, church of the 21st century, God never intended for you to have to live this thing in your own power or in your own strength. He has given us help help to where everything we do we do under the anointing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of the living God to the point matter of fact the scriptures I didn't go to are in Ephesians chapter number 11 he said this Holy Spirit is the seal it's the seal of the promise now, now, you can look at a seal a whole lot of a different ways, but the word seal there, amen, in the Greek, leads you to a point of a seal uh, represents authentic, uh, authentic, authenticity and validity. In other words, if my seal's on it, I have just, I have just verified that's mine. Are you following me? There's the proof that belongs to me. Catch this. Now, now we can't relate to this anymore, but before there were stock laws, cows run free. Wasn't no fences, they just run the range. So they would take a brand and they would put a seal on that cow. So no matter where that cow ended up, they could look at the seal. They could look at the brand and say, hmm, that's the tree brand. That belongs to uh, Ben Cartwright. That belongs to Ben Cartwright on the Ponderosa. Huh? Y'all don't watch Bonanza? So they had a seal of authentication, whatever that word is. 
that nobody had to wonder if who that cow belonged to because if they knew the brand. He said, I'm going to put my spirit in you to the degree. Oh, my God. Amen. That people ain't going to have to wonder if you belong to me. They're going to see my seal. I'm finna get half of that Pentecostal fit. Are you listening to me? Amen. Why? Because he's acting like Jesus. He's talking like Jesus. He's doing the things that Jesus did. So he must belong to Jesus. Matter of fact, he said, he said uh, uh, they were acting so much like Christ in Antioch, they started calling them Christians. Some of them wanted that to be an insult. But the church took it as a compliment. <laughs> they took it as a compliment. So after the day of Pentecost, they so knew the church can't operate without being filled with the Holy Spirit. The church cannot operate if it's not baptized in the Holy Spirit. It can't be effective. It can't be productive. It can't grow. If it's not empowered, with this, this here. We're preaching today that everybody's a sinner. That everybody sins. Amen. We're preaching today a gospel so low that you're still under the bondage of your own nature. Jesus come preaching a gospel, amen, that when you accept me, your old nature's going to die and my nature's coming into you so you're not gonna struggle to do right and to be right. It's gonna be your nature. Can y'all receive this new doctrine? It's going to be your nature. Matter of fact, it's going to be so your nature, you're going to have a harder time being a, to sin than you are to do the right thing. He said, you ain't going to be able to do it. You flat ain't going to be able to do it. Somebody sitting out there right now saying, I'm telling you, I ain't got no problem with it. One of two things. Either you're not born again, or you don't realize the power that's been made available to you. Because we hadn't preached it like we ought to preach it. So, so, so let me hurry. They so knew that the New Testament church needed to be baptized with the Spirit that Philip went out evangelizing. He went down to Samaria. Philip, the Bible said, is getting hundreds of thousands of converts through word and deed. They are so seeing the supernatural. God is just adding to the Samaritan church down there. So the apostles got together and sent Peter and John. Said you got to go down to Samaria because there's thousands of believers. You got to go down there and preach that there is a Holy Ghost they can receive now. So they come down, amen, gathered all these believers together and began to preach, amen, uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and got the entire church filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they're growing. They're sweeping the country. Paul, he's got saved now. The Bible says he ends up in Ephesus. We see him preaching. You know what the first thing he preached was? Have you received the Holy Ghost since y'all believed? They said, well, we didn't really know <laughs> there was anything, such thing as the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he laid hands on them. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was the goal of the New Testament church to make sure everyone was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Why? Because he said that's the power. 
That's why there's so many struggling people. It's because we have not opened ourselves up to receive, amen, this second experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it leaves us fighting a lot of battles with my willpower. You got to get this, amen. And it just leaves us fighting a lot of battles when he said, there is a power you can be endued with that the Holy Spirit begins to fight the battle for you. Is anybody in this place this morning? My God, this is a win-win situation. This is a win-win situation. So we got multitudes in the 21st century that's getting saved, but never getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Never getting that endowment of power. So we struggle, and we struggle, and we struggle. And God said, I never intended for you to struggle to overcome sin. I never intended you to struggle. Matter of fact, amen, he said, you so need this baptism in the Holy Spirit that you can't even pray right on your own. Romans chapter number eight says, the Holy Spirit bears my infirmities and he prays for me. Oh, is anybody catching this? He said, that's why he said, I'm going to send you a comforter. That means I'm, I'm going to give you somebody that's going to be called alongside you to help you. My God, high five your neighbor right now and tell him, send the help, Lord. Send the help, Lord. Send the help, Lord. But now we've done got into a place to where in most churches it's plumb offensive to speak and preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When in reality, it's only the help of God for you to be able to live a life that is exemplified and, 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 and in perfect correlation with Jesus Christ himself. I can't be perfect without the Holy Spirit. I can't walk in complete victory without the Holy Spirit. But I'm not going to belittle it this morning. I'm going to let you know. I don't struggle not to sin. Why? Because I know what help I got. I didn't say I wasn't tempted. I said I don't struggle not to sin because there is a power that's been put inside of me, amen, that even if I step out of line and try to sin, I get that little. Are you following me? He said, so go to Jerusalem and wait there. Wait there. They didn't want Jesus to leave and close with this point, but he said, it's expedient for you that I go away. He said, for if I go not away, this Holy Spirit can't come. This Holy Spirit can't go. That word's expedient has a, a double meaning. Number one, it comes from the word expedite. It means advantage. He said, I'm going to give you the advantage. You know what enables me and, and, and a spirit-filled believer, amen, to live above sin and failure, amen, is we have the advantage. Are you following me, church? It is time for the church to quit saying, I'm beat up by the devil every day. I am so tired of hearing the church talk about how beat up I am of the devil. Amen. He really got me today. He really won today. Amen. Well, let me tell you what. That New Testament church that came out of the upper room was so busy kicking the devil in the teeth. Are you following me? Amen. They understood the power that was invested in them. God, are y'all hearing me? It's what God has given us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that he's given in you and I to walk above, to walk victorious. 
That's why we're not seeing tongues and interpretation in our churches anymore. The gift of healing, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, every bit of that is the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I can't take no credit for it. It's just the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. It's time to take back Pentecost to where we have the gifts working in our churches again. Why? Because it's the evidence that what we preach is true. It's time to quit preaching on. Amen. And, and, and I believe we've done ourselves a disservice. Amen. Do I, do I believe evidence of, of being baptized is speaking in tongues? Well, scripturally, every time you see them being baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. But I believe that we've done a disservice and we've taught it without experience. And we've taught it and we've taught it so that if people comes up for prayer for the Holy Spirit, they're not really seeking the Holy Spirit. They're seeking tongues. Amen? Just seeking tongues, seeking tongues, seeking tongues. Can I, can I expand that a little bit? Amen? You'll know you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit when there is a power inside of you that is producing love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Amen? When all of a sudden you're walking through things you used to fall in. Amen? Let's just get that baptism back. Amen? You mean I'm not going to speak in tongues? Amen. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do, but I am going to tell you you're going to do this. You're going to walk like Jesus, act like Jesus, and talk like Jesus. Amen. Are y'all with me this morning? I am presenting to you right now the best news you're ever going to get anywhere. That I can be empowered from heaven. To live a life that no man can live in the flesh. And even on the level I'm on right now, I refuse to fight another battle in the flesh when I got so much help by the Spirit. The scriptures I didn't go to for the sake of time, Paul said, I'm praying that your eyes would be opened, that you would know how much power you really have. Because you've been told that little salvation of yours will get you to heaven, but it won't help you live like heaven. Paul said, I pray your eyes would be open that you understand there is no match for you in the demonic realm. Why? Because there is no match for Christ and his spirit is dwelling in me. No wonder the scripture says, greater is he that dwells in you. <laughs> greater is he that's living in you than he that is in the world. Can I tell you, church, you're not a sitting duck for the devil to grab the steering wheel of your life and run you into some tree whenever he wants to. He's got the Holy Spirit to contend with, and he ain't no match. Oh, my God, are y'all hearing me this morning? Satan ain't no match to the power of that's been made available to the body of Christ. Let me close out with this. The church was baptized with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter number 2. Persecution got so strong in Acts chapter number 4, they were kind of getting discouraged. So they got together and said, Lord, grant us boldness. Grant us boldness. And the Bible says the whole place began to shake. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost again and came out of there speaking with a the boldness, performing signs and wonders. 
May I submit to you, I don't know if you speak in tongues or not in this building, but may I, may I submit to the entire body of Life Church right now, we all need another Pentecost. Because a lot of us can speak in tongues, but still walk in total defeat. Something's missing. It's the missing forgotten factor. That there is a Holy Spirit available to you to turn you into a sign that Christ has been resurrected from the dead because I see him all in your life. This family is not a defeated family. It's a family walking in the power. Stand with me all over this place. Now I'm going to do something today that I, I hardly ever do. I hardly ever do. Somebody may say, well, what's the prerequisite of being baptized and receiving this great gift? He called it a gift. What's the prerequisite? Well, the only prerequisite is for you to be born again. The second prerequisite was they had to go wait for it. Now, that word wait means to stand in anticipation of a divine deposit from heaven. A divine deposit from heaven. Now I just want to prepare you just in case you want this gift this morning. The Pentecostal church has put so much emphasis on tongues that they've taken the emphasis off the whole gift of the Holy Spirit. Do I believe you'll speak in tongues? Absolutely. But if that's what you're seeking, you're seeking the wrong thing. And I believe it's hindered us from opening up with an expectation of God just putting his power in me. Preacher, can you explain this phenomenon? Absolutely not. How can I explain it? Jesus couldn't. Remember when he's talking to uh, Nicodemus? Nicodemus, he said, it's like the wind, Nicodemus. He said, you don't really know where it's coming from. You just see the effects thereof. He said, it's, it's like, I can't explain it. But I can sure tell you it changed my life. I was a drunk who couldn't quit drinking. I was a drunk who was losing my family. Until that spirit came into my life. And all of a sudden, what I didn't have the power to say no to... It became disgusting to me. I began to walk in power that I never had before. I began to walk in power and I become a sign to all my drinking buddies. I became a sign. Oh my God. If he can do that for Dean Love, he can do it for me. That's why he wants this church to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not closing this service today. I can't force this thing on you. Why would I? My question is, why, why would you not want this great gift? It ain't something you got to be scared of. The hardest thing you'll do is to put down everything you've been taught and just come with an expectation I want to be filled with the power to be able to live this life that is impossible. 
I want to be filled with the power that I'm no longer struggling in my flesh to do what the Holy Spirit will do for me. That's why Jesus said, don't leave. Don't leave until you get this power because it's going to take care of a lot of things you can't take care of your own. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.